Father, we thank you. We ask and we say, there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every heart can be huge as we see ourselves in you. And we say your name alone is glorified as we are edified. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. We are continuing our series from Who You Are in Christ. I think this is the fourth part, right? This is the fourth section, right? Yeah, Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. It says that the communication of our faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And we said the word acknowledging is from the Greek word epignosis. And epignosis means um, accurate and precise knowledge of what Christ has done. So it is, it is um, every believer has to know and find out what Christ has done for, for us, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And it is found in accurate knowledge. It is found in accurate knowledge. It is not found in um, guesswork. It is not found in schemings. It is found in accurate knowledge, precise knowledge of what Christ has done for us. Then we can know who we are, what we have, and what belongs to us in Christ. We can know who we are, what we have, and what belongs to us in Christ. Identification is key to growth because if you can identify yourself with who you are in Christ, you can grow spiritually. You can understand and know what God has done in Christ Jesus for you. So it says, heavy believer needs to know what God has done in Christ Jesus for him. Now look at Romans 10 verse 17. Romans 10 verse 17. We're going to open a lot of scriptures today, so get ready. Romans 10 verse 17. Romans 10 verse 17. It says, we want to see something. It says, are you there? Romans 10 verse 17. It says, so, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the belief of the believer Faith does not come because he has the faith of God in him. Now, I'm going to explain what I just said now. Look at it, that verse 17 again. It says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. But for the believer, faith doesn't just come. He is in faith and faith is in him. Now, I'll say it again. For the believer in Christ, the believer in Christ is in faith. And faith is in, the, is in the believer in Christ because it is knowledge that now comes for that believer. You have received faith the very minute you got born again. I'm going to explain this as, as we go on now. Because the precise insight into the reality of Christ makes us understand and makes us have effective knowledge of who we are. So if it doesn't... So, as the believe, as when the believer is born again, he has encountered faith. Faith is in the believer. He is in faith and faith is in him. This is just like a prelude to what I'm going to be teaching tomorrow. But look at Genesis 15 verse 2. Let's see something. Genesis 15 verse 2. Genesis 15 verse 2. Because a lot of people have encountered identity crisis. A lot of us have encountered... Um, a lot of um, identity problems. And we did, we've been doing a therapy and we've been saying, if you check, ask your neighbor what your neighbor thinks about you, they're going to give us, they're going to give you um, different opinions, right? We've been doing that therapy, right? I don't know if you remember. You remember that? Let's do it again. Talk to your neighbor and say, what do you think about me? And you're going to see the various responses. What do you think about me? <laughs> You are going to see the various responses. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, did you see, did you notice something? Amen. Did you notice something? That people, everybody gave different opinions about yourself, right? I mean, if somebody told you something you don't believe is true about you. Oh, wow. Everybody knows each other? Wow. No, even you? Oh, sorry. 
if if you if someone says something that was wrong about you, let me see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look at Genesis 15, verse 2. We're coming to that later. Look at Genesis 15, verse 2. It says, And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me, seeing that, seeing I go childless, and steward of my house is the Eleazar of Damascus. Now, is, is experiencing something. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5 in Genesis 15. It says, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars, if thou are able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall that seed be. So, for a man not born of the Spirit, this was a means to communicate God's word to him. Now, God was trying to persuade Abraham in this place because he wasn't born again. He wasn't born of the Spirit of God. You read in Galatians that he was even an infant. Now, so he was still learning or he was, that was the best way to communicate God's word to him. In verse 5, where it says, Oh yeah, count the stars. Look at the stars. Okay, this is how it is. Okay, number them. That is how your faith, that is how your seed shall be. Because... He wasn't born of the Spirit, so he couldn't have been. He couldn't have understand, understood God's word accurately. Look at verse seventeen, Genesis um, seventeen, Genesis seventeen, verse five. Genesis seventeen, verse five. Genesis seventeen, five. He says. So he kept hearing. Now Abraham kept hearing God's word. He kept hearing God's word till it dawned on him. Look at it in verse five. It says, neither shall thy name anymore be called Abraham, but thy, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. So, now, this is what is happening to Abraham. He was being informed of what God would do. He was being informed of so many things and he kept hearing it over and over and over and over till it dawned on him because a more precise in this verse 5 now a more precise knowledge about who he was came to him now look at it in verse 5 it says your name will no longer be called abram but your name shall be called abraham for a father of many nations have i made thee so a precise revelation or a precise knowledge came to Abraham here. Now, he said in verse 6, he says, I will make thee fruitful, I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. That was an established covenant. So, he stopped bearing a different identity from the world. He stopped bearing the identity is just like saying, um, just like what we did, just did, just now. Okay, somebody told you, okay, maybe somebody told you your personality is, um, you're, you're a bit stiff, you're a bit tough, you're, you're just um, a bit very rigid or something like that. <laughs> you're not wondering, <laughs> that's not me. My personality in God's word is that I am righteous in Christ. Are you getting it? It's just like we are very used to, oh, this guy is a sinner. Oh, ah, he's a sinner, he's a sinner, ah, he's a sinner. But you have forgotten that the very minute he got born again, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says, it says, he that has no sin, bear our sins so that we might be called the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the man who is born again, his state has been changed from being a sinner to being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, a man who has received God's word can't be called a sinner anymore. Hallelujah. So, that state has to change. The more you keep seeing yourself as a sinner is the more you keep living as a sinner. The more you keep saying, oh, this Christianity thing is hard. This Christianity thing is not easy. Oh, I don't understand. Everybody is just trying to persuade me to come to church. Everybody is forcing me to come to church. Oh, this and that. Because you are still seeing yourself in a state that you ought not to see yourself. And that is the problem of the church today. That's the problem of many believers today. Because we have an identity problem. We believe, oh, we are, we, okay, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. That's how your struggle will continue. Oh, okay, I can't even live, right? I can't even live only, oh, I'm struggling with this sin, oh, I'm battling with this addiction. It is the more you keep seeing yourself in that state, the more that problem still keep coming to you. 
But the more you change your mind and see what God has said about you, is the more your mindset will change. Is the more you keep seeing yourself in who you are in Christ. That's why the series is called Who You Are in Christ. So Abraham received God's word and his identity changed. His identity from its identity in the world was Abraham. But his identity in God's word is Abraham, a father of many nations. From him, kings will be established. From him, the world, the, the, um, a covenant will be built. But he needed to stop seeing himself in that reality. And immediately he stopped seeing himself in that reality. Sarah too changed his identities. The same thing with Sarah. Sarah's identity was changed. And the moment Sarah stopped seeing herself in the identity she was seeing it before, there was an instant miracle. Within a year she gave, she conceived. Because God's word will always work. Within a year she conceived and bore forth a son. In Romans 4, the Bible says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? He staggered not at the promise of God. That is, he kept believing God's word and seeing the reality of God's word as his own. He kept seeing the reality of God's word as his own. So the minute you fix your mind on God's word is the minute you will see God's word work in your life. Stop saying, oh, Christianity is hard. Stop saying, oh, it is hard to live righteous. Stop saying, oh, it's hard to study my Bible. You are the one making it that way. You need to switch your identity from that aspect. It is a sinner, a man who is not born again that should be saying such a thing. But a man who has believed the gospel, church should be your reality. Coming to church should be your reality. Fellowship with the brethren should be your reality. Studying the scripture should be your reality. Feeding on God's word should be your reality. Praying should be your reality. That should be what is, because that is what you were born again with. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you're getting me, let me see your hands this evening. Does, does it make sense to you? So now, within a year of this, Isaac was born. So, much happens when we properly see ourselves and actively recognize who we are in Christ. Go back to Philemon 1 verse 6 again. A lot of things will change. The reason why you are still acting the way you are acting, the reason why you are still behaving the way you are behaving, the reason why you are still feeling, oh, okay, I don't want to be a serious Christian. Oh, uh, let me just, um, let me just while away my time and just waste my time and just do whatever I want to do, live my life and enjoy it and all of those things, is because you think there is still enjoyment in the world. It's because you think, okay, if you leave this place now, there is a better enjoyment. There is no enjoyment other than what you are doing now. Are you getting what I'm saying? Oh, you know, God. There is no... See, let me tell you, the, what happens when you switch your mind from what the Word says about you to what the scripture says about you. So that's why Philemon 1 verse 6 says that the communication of our faith becomes effectual by us acknowledging every good thing which is in us in Christ Jesus. Acknowledging, I said, is from the Greek word epignosis. It means active, participative um, recognition of who you are. And there is a lot that God has done in Christ Jesus for us. So, faith becomes effective. Gideon was like that too. We've seen Abraham, we've seen Sarah. Now, look at Gideon in Judges 6 verse 11. Judges 6 verse 11. Let's go to Judges 6 verse 11. I'm sure those are those places in your Bible that is gummed together that you don't open. <laughs> Judges 6 verse 11. It is after Joshua. Let's see. Judges 6 verse 11. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Judges 6 verse 11. And there came, are we there? It says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under a hook, which was in opera, and obtained unto Joash and Abriet, and the son of Gideon, threshed by the winepress to hide it in the, in the media net. So he was dreading and he lived in the dread of the enemies because he didn't know who he was. So he was just hiding somewhere. Okay, oh, let me just hide though because, okay, he doesn't want anything to happen. But look at in verse 12. Before a precise knowledge came to him. Look at in verse 12. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with thee, 
thou mighty man of valor. Look at verse 13. And Gideon said, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why, why then is all this befalling us? So he never knew who he was. He never knew he was a mighty man of valor. So he was allowing his experience overshadow his, overshadow the reality of God's word. And that's what we do. We allow our experiences. We allow, oh, they tell you because your parents, people around you have told you you are a failure. Oh, you can never make it. Nothing good can come out of your life. That overclouds you that you begin to see yourself in that reality. They told you, oh, you are a sinner. You can never be holy. You can never be righteous. When the scripture says, he that the son of man has set free is free indeed. They've told you, oh, uh, you cannot be holy, you can never be sanctified, you can never be justified. Everything, there's, there's, there's the first work of grace, the second work of grace, the third work of grace. The, after that, you will still go to the third room of holiness, the fifth room of holiness, the seventh room, and the, then you will cleanse yourself, then you baptize. After you baptize, you will not do sanctification, they will not sprinkle blood on you, this and that, you will not take the communion. After you take the communion, <laughs> after you take the communion, you will now, what does that do? Do you do again? <laughs> You wash your feet. They will do feet washing. <laughs> you know, I remember one time when we were growing up. We went to once. There's something, there's something we do every morning. First day of every month. It's very superstitious in Africa. So they feel like, ah, this is um, first day of every month. Um, we have to devote it to the Lord. Let's commit the month to the Lord. Okay, me and my friend, we went to one church. We just, we, we always go to the church. We went to one church. And the pastor said, ah, this month, we have to wash your feet. <laughs> my mother that I thought, my mother that was very, you know, all this um, religious, super religious, go to church, do everything, second work of grace, do everything. <sighs> my mother, for some reason, did not believe in feet washing. <laughs> my mother said, no, I'm not giving my feet for any man to wash. <laughs> I said, you. You will not let him wash your feet. My friend said, let's wash our feet. Joe. Is it not, is it not cruise? <laughs> let's let the man wash because you will sit down. The pastor will sit down. The pastor will wash your feet. Me that I know not bad very well this morning, Joe. Let's wash. let the pastor wash my feet for me. <laughs> That's how we washed our feet. They say, anywhere you have, we have washed your feet. Anywhere you, this, your foot step into. The next thing my foot step into was my socks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you are thinking what I'm thinking. Is there any way your foot step into? You will take for a possession. Does that mean that I took my socks for a possession? After my socks, I wore my sandals. <laughs> then I went to my school. So am I going to take my school for a possession? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, but you see, we have allowed a lot of experiences overcloud the reality of God's word. Joshua Gideon didn't know who he was. The Lord told him, he says, I am with thee, thou mighty man of valor. He says, why then has all of this befallen us? In verse, seven, in verse 13, he says, and where, we, where be all of these miracles which our father told us, saying, did not the Lord brought... So he was saying, ah, where's the miracles that Moses has been saying? We heard Moses say, ah, the, the Lord brought us from Egypt. This and that. So where is he? He was allowing his experiences overclouding that he was not seeing what God was doing. And that's what we have. That's what we do today. People have told you, oh, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. You, you, you fed your mind to it. It cannot work. It cannot work. And because of that, you don't try to even think or look for an alternative or look for a solution or look for a way around it. But oh, it's not working. It's not working. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's no way again. There's no way again. You know, people have a way of saying, you know, if people want to talk to you and tell you um, and discourage you, you know, people can do it very well. Just say, hey, it cannot work. It's not possible. Oh, you're just wasting your time. It's just... <laughs> Give it a try. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, Joshua, or Gideon, sorry, didn't know who he was. He was afraid. He allowed his experiences cloud his judgment. In verse 15, and he said unto him, Oh, my Lord, where it shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. I am the least of my father's house. So, 
this wasn't his identity in God's word. Look at him, verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? The Lord was retreating what he has told him. We must keep looking at God's word to see who we are in Christ. A lot of us, the Lord has told us so many things. Told you, oh, evil people have prayed for you, gave you prophecies. Oh, you're going to do this. Some of you, the Lord has told you, oh, people have told you, you're going to be a great man. You say, oh, it's not possible. You can never be man. I can never be a pastor. I can never preach the gospel. I can never do this. <laughs> Learn to look at God's word. Look at what God's word has said about you. That is who you are. Not your experiences. Not a lot of us that we see there. People have told you, "Oh, you're going to heal the sick." People have told us, mm, "You're going to be, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a mighty man of God." But you are just running away. Say, hmm. "You are saying your own job. Me, I want to enjoy the word. What is in the word to enjoy? Tell me." So he said, "Look at in verse 14. The Lord looked upon him and said, "Go in this thy might." And thou shalt save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? We must learn to keep looking at God's word. We must pay and look and have an active recognition of God's word. Look at James 1 verse 25. 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 Say, I am righteous. righteous. No, you're not saying it like you mean it. So when somebody talks to you and says you are a sinner, what do you tell the person? But you're righteous. Because the more you keep seeing yourself in that state, is the more you keep living right. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at James 1 verse 25. It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, continueth daring, but be not what? Look at it, look at it, look at it, guys, look at it. But be not what? Guys, guys, but be not what? A forgetful hearer, but what? A doer of the word, and this man shall be blessed in his deed. The originals was written as the law of perfect liberty, that is, it frees us from sin and his doldrums. That's the word it means there. It says the law of perfect liberty. It says, and continue during and not a forgetful year. That is, you won't hear what I just told you now. Go and, and go home and say, the guy, just, the guy was just saying his own note. Me, I'm still a sinner. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? You won't get to him and say, oh, me, I know who I am. Me, I am. This one they're just saying. They're just, they're just trying to make us feel good. Me. You know, that's how we, so we, we, like, we like reality. Me, uh, I know myself. Uh, me, I might not be seen now. <laughs> that's a forgetful year. Of course, what? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's a forgetful year. So, it is the law of faith. That's the law of faith. You seeing yourself in God's word. Look at Romans 3, verse 27. Romans 3, verse 27. Are you enjoying this, guys? Yes, Romans 3, verse 27. Romans 3, verse 27. It says, Where is the boasting then? It is excluded by works. By what law of works? It says, But by the law of faith. So it justifies us and sets us apart from works. So it is the law of the spirit of, of Christ. Love the spirit of Christ. Of, 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 look at it in Romans 8 verse Romans 8 2. Look at it. Look at what it says in Romans 8 verse 2. The law of perfect liberty. It says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of liberty, it takes away that vicious cycle of sin and death. It takes it away. So we must keep feeding on this reality. We must keep feeding on the reality. Even Jesus fed on his reality. He kept saying, I am the door. I am the way. I am the true bread. I am, I am my father are one. A greater than Solomon is here. 
How do you think he knew this? He knew this via reading the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, Genesis to Malachi. That is what Jesus read. And he kept retreating it to himself. I am the way. You see him say, I am the door. I am the resurrection and the life. He kept saying that to himself. How about you wake up early in the morning and say, I am righteous. I am holy. He that the Son of Man has set free is free indeed. I, I, I can never be a sinner. I have, I have eternal life. I walk in the reality of this. This is the newness of my life. Glory to God. It says in Romans 8 verse, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I about waking up in the morning and say, There is no condemnation for me. Glory to God. Amen. Waking up in the morning and saying, I am justified. I am accepted in the beloved. I am a son of God. What a, what a privilege to say I am a son of God. You know the devil can't say that. <laughs> I am a son of God. Joint yes with the Father. I am accepted with the beloved. I am seated with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. I am created in Christ Jesus unto good works. How about you say all of those things to yourself every morning? As he is, so am I. The greater one lives in me. Glory to God. I am free from the law of sin and death. I can never perish. <laughs> Glory to God. I can never perish. I don't know domination. I have eternal life. You just say those things to yourself every day. I am righteous. I am a new creation in Christ. I am set free. I have eternal salvation. Not, you know, the Bible says in John 10, verse 20, it says, No one can pluck him out of his hands. I am safe forever in his hands. No one can pluck me away from his hands. It says, He that the Father has given me, no one can pluck them out of my hands. So you are saved and eternally sealed. How about seeing yourself that way? Even Jesus retreated the same for himself. You see, Jesus keeps saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the door, I am the resurrection of the Father, I am the resurrection and life, I am the true bread, I am the true vine. Jesus kept saying those words to himself. He was affirming his reality. Jesus said, a greater than Solomon is, is here. He kept saying those things. And he knew that, as a, he knew that via the scriptures. He knew that from a child in Luke, 2, in Luke 24. Look, to, look at Luke 2, sorry. Look at Luke 2. Luke 2. Jesus learned and read the scriptures. Look at in Luke 2. Luke 2. Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 46. Luke 2, verse 46 to 47. Luke 2, verse 46 to 47. And it came to pass. Are, are you there? Luke 2, verse 46 to 47. I'll wait for you. Luke 2. That's what they say. Jesus kept saying all of this. If Jesus fed on the scriptures. So if Jesus, who is our prototype, remember we studied that before, that Jesus is our prototype, right? He's our model example. So if Jesus fed on the scriptures, how much more you? Look at Luke 2, verse, verse 46. It says, And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, but hearing them and doing what? Asking them questions in verse 17. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answer. He was feeding on the scriptures even at a young age. He grew up with them. Look at in verse 42. Look at it in verse 42. He studied there. Sorry, look at it in verse 40. Look at it in verse 40. And Jesus grew and waxed in spirit. Look at Luke 2 verse 40. And Jesus grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with what? Filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Look at it in verse 52. Look at it in verse 52. Luke 2 verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he increased in wisdom. Wisdom of what? The scriptures. That is why I said you have to feed on the scriptures. 
That is where you see your realities. We saw Abraham. We've seen Gideon. They had to remind themselves what the Lord has told them. So it was intentional. They grew up in it. Just like Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 verse 15. 2 Timothy 3 15. As from a child, thou hast known the scriptures, the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ. 2 Timothy 3 verse 15. So Jesus knew who he was from the scriptures. Look for verse 16. Look for verse 16. Look for verse 16. Look for verse 16. Am I too fast? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Look for verse 16. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as his custom was and he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. He read. So his custom, there was a custom as his custom. There was an habit he had. So he was seen even at the age of 12. He wasn't, he wasn't doing my book of Bible stories at the age of 12. <laughs> my book of Bible stories, coloring, doing color painting at the age of 12. I say, coloring Jesus. Color Jesus. Color. You know what they do in children's church today? Color Jesus. Color him. Blue. Color him blue. Color up Jesus. <laughs> Paint Jesus blue. Paint Jesus blue. He wasn't doing that one. He wasn't using Star Wars to learn the scriptures. Hallelujah. He <laughs> wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> was he using Star Wars to learn the scriptures? Hallelujah. He didn't use Passion of Christ to learn because it is his story. <laughs> he didn't use, Jesus did not watch Passion of Christ <laughs> to learn the scriptures. Oh, um, what's, what's trending now? Um, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. <laughs> Jesus did not use Doctor Strange to learn the scriptures. <laughs> Look at Luke 4 verse 17. He says, Luke 4 verse 17. In verse 17 he says, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And, he, and when he had opened the book, he found it to the place where it was written. So it was found in the scriptures. It was pointed to him. It was pointed to him that the scriptures was not about Moses, Elijah, or David, but about him. So many search and identify the characters which whom they shouldn't. A lot of us will just search the scripture and say, Ah, I want to be like Daniel. Daniel, he was excellent. He was this. You two should be excellent. Daniel was excellent in the spirit. Not excellent. <laughs> we'll study these things much later. <laughs> Praise God. Let me just stop there. Luke 24, verse 47. Luke 24, verse 47. Luke 24, verse 47. Luke 24, verse 47. Or 27, sorry. Luke 24, verse 27. It says, I'm beginning at Moses and all prophets. He has he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He was showing them. He walked them through Genesis. Okay, this is me here. He walked, he walked them through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the Theonomy. He was showing them, this is me here. He expounded unto them the things concerning himself in the scriptures. And that's how the believer in Christ today should do. You have to look into Christ, not looking at Moses or David or Solomon. Look into Christ. Hebrews 11 verse 40. Hebrews 11 40. Hebrews 11 verse 40. You know, I remember, remember I told you we're going to open a lot of scriptures, right? Hebrews 11 40. Why should you even be scared of opening scriptures? Is that not why you came to church? Should I have used, should I have used the Quran to teach you? Why am I even apologizing for telling you to open scriptures? Oh, you put 1140. Praise God. Should I, what should I have used to teach you? <laughs> should I have used uh, mathematics to teach you? Or <laughs> Star Wars to teach you the scriptures? <laughs> Hebrews 1140. Hebrews 11 verse 40. It says, God provided some better things for us that they without us should not be made perfect. So there was a better thing for us. 
a better testament. You read in Hebrews 11, 1 to 2, where it says, God, who has sundry times and in diverse manners, has spoken to the prophet and typers, and it's in this last day spoken to us via his son. Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 2, he spoke to us via the prophet. We look at him in Christ Jesus. We look at the son. We look at Christ. So where he is is where we are. John 14, verse 3, we've studied this over time. John 14, verse 3, he says, I will go prepare a place for you. Where I be, you will be also. He has prepared the place for us and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians 1, verse 20. And don't think I'm too fast. <laughs> I really don't think I'm too fast, right? I don't think so. In, look at it in Ephesians 1, verse 20. We should rot in Christ Jesus when he raised him at his own right hand, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So he is our prototype. He's our, he's our, he's our firstborn. So he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Look at it in Ephesians 1 verse 20. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. In Ephesians 2, the Bible made us to see that we are seated there too. In Ephesians 2 verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ by grace he has saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So we are seated here now. Say, I'm seated here now. I'm seated in Christ. Do you know you, do you believe it? No, see, it, you are not, it is not, so, it is not a future reality. Don't hear what I'm not saying. You are there now. Someone asks you, oh, what will you be doing when Christ is coming? When Christ come? What I've always been doing, seated in Christ. Hallelujah. So say, where will you be when Christ come? Where, have, have you heard the song growing up? Where will you be when you come? No, no, that's not the one I'm looking for. There's one song again. Um, which, uh, when you come to collect your people, remember me, O oh Lord. Remember me, O oh Lord. Ah, me. The Lord, the Lord has remembered me already. <laughs> I'm in Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, if somebody asks you, where would you be when Jesus comes? Where I have always been? I have been in Christ. Seated. Look at it in Ephesians 2. Says, he has raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. That's my reality. That is you and I's reality. We are seated in Christ Jesus now. Not tomorrow. Not when you die. But now. Because when you receive eternal life, the eternal life works now. That is why the scripture says, no one can die. Paul says, we will be sleeping. In 1 Corinthians 15. So, we are the Father's right hand now. So, we should not be singing songs like, Thou at your feet. Remember that song? Thou at your feet. Ah, I forgot to do this. Down at your feet is the most high place. <laughs> I'm not down at his feet though. Me, I'm seated in Christ. I'm seated with him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Or oh, this one that I've always been singing. Break every shit. Break every shit. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. To break every chain. The believer does not have chains. Glory to God. It is, the, it is an unbeliever who has chains. The, the Bible says, who is the son of man has set free is free indeed. So are you still free and you are tied and bonded with chains? Ask yourself the question. Are you, the Bible says you are free, but yet a song is putting you in bondage. <laughs> a song is putting you in bondage and saying, you break every chain, you break every chain. You don't have a chain. Glory to God. Glory to God. You don't have a chain. Either the Son of Man has set free, is free indeed. I am free indeed. Glory we to God. We are free. We are a free man in Christ. That's why I like that song. In Christ, uh, hey, no, no chains are holding me. He's the right. Uh, uh, 
I'm feeling great. I don't know this song that much. No chase out in me. Something like that. I, I, I think I like that one. I like that one better than to break everything. I will sing that when I'm going for outreach, though. <laughs> I will sing that when I'm preaching to somebody on the street. I say, break everything, break everything, because that person has a chain. He's not yet born again. Hallelujah. So the devil is still tying him hostage. Are you getting me? The devil is still tying him and holding him bound. But the very minute he believes the gospel, glory to God is free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when we, are, when we get born again, one thing that happens to us is that we are free. That bondage of sin, that bondage of shame, that bondage of death, the Bible says he has broken it for us. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus has done. You need to feed yourself with this reality a lot because that is who you are. But the minute you keep seeing yourself in the other realities, the more you keep seeing yourself in problems. That's why you see yourself in the dream. People are pursuing you. <laughs> You see yourself, people are pursuing you. You are just tied down. People are, people are beating you in the dream. That's why, because you are saying you are in chains now. A man is a product of who he is, of what he feeds on. If you keep feeding on wrong materials, you will be a product of it. If you go and pick a bullshit, that's what you will become. <laughs> I said that because I know many of you don't know that. Praise God. <laughs> so the right hand is the perfect place. The right hand is the perfect place. Nothing is left to be given or bestowed. Nothing is left. Look at the next, first Corinthians. The Lord has given us everything. First Corinthians 15, 27. First Corinthians 15, 27 to 28. First Corinthians 15, 27 to 28. Hallelujah. Are you, are you getting something this evening? First Corinthians 15. 27 to 28. Are you there? He says, But he has put all things under his feet. But when he said all things are put under him, it is manifest that is expected that which did put all things under him. Verse 28. He says, And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also be subject unto him, that he may put all things under him, that God may be all in all so all things are done and it is a perfect place is the perfect place for all things we are made in christ completing him jesus as earlier told us in john 14 verse 10 to 11 john 14 verse 10 to 11 i don't think i should be apologizing for us opening too many scriptures that's why we are in church john for in fact if you go to a church and they do not open too many scriptures you should be afraid that means they are about to deceive you. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Because the scriptures are the scriptures are our binding tool. We don't have we don't have any other any other source again outside the scriptures. Praise God. John 14, verse 10 to 11. Believe not thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words that I speak, I speak I unto my not of myself, but the Father dwelleth in me, it does the work. It says, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And I says, or oh, believe me for the very work's sake. So, he is in union with the Father. He is in union with the Father. The Father's home is in the Son, and the Son dwells with the Father. So, if you are praying in the name of God, in the name of the Father, it's the same thing. So, some people will be saying, there is, there is something that makes me come into your presence, my helper. Maybe, 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 maybe it is when he went to a disc for you, that's when there's something that was coming to this presence. But not today. Because we are sons. When you, because, you know, let me tell you, let me tell you, look at this this way. Picture your earthly father. Now, some, some fathers might be very tyrannical, very... But picture a loving father. If yours is not that, if yours is not tyrannical and, but picture a loving one, good one, and you are a son that you can just walk up to and just say, ah, ah, daddy, I need this. Dad, I need this. And he's going to get it for you, right? 
I'm not talking about go and read your book. Oh. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. Those Did I not give you money yesterday? Give me a sign. No, I'm not talking about that one. That's not the God of Father of our Lord Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise God. So, but that is our Father. We are His sons. He's our Father to us in John 20, verse 17. John 20, verse 17. John 20, verse 17. John 20, verse 17. As the ye so we are. John 20, verse 17. It says, And Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So he is as we are. John 14, verse 19 to 20. John 14, verse 19 to 20. It says, yet a little while, and you would, and the word seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, and ye shall live also. At that day, ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye are in me, that is, we are in him, and I am in you. You know, the, the Spirit of God dwells in us, right? In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17, it says, we are one spirit within. So you don't even have joy spirit. And the Spirit of God. That joy spirit is the Spirit of God. So what is in you is the Spirit of God. Are you getting me? That's why we have the fruit of the Spirit with us. We can naturally walk in love. We can naturally be joyful. Are you getting me? We can naturally have self-control. Why? We don't pray for that. We just have to feed our reality on that. That this is who I, who I am. But the more you keep seeing yourself, ah, I am a choleric, I am very angry, I'm a very strong-willed person. That is what it is for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? That, that means you are not feeding on the word despite you are born again. That is why Romans 12 verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed out by the renewing of your mind. So you have to renew your mind to what the word of God says about you. Does that make sense? You have to renew your mind. You have to feed on these realities. See that, uh, uh, oh, the word says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Oh, so that means I have love with me. Oh, okay, I can naturally forgive. I, can, I can't get angry easily. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because that is your nature. When you say that, ah, okay. You're always sad every time. Check the word. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Oh, okay. So I can be joyful all the time. Luke 10 verse 19. In that very, spirit, in that very hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. You can, oh, okay, I can rejoice. Glory to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because that is your nature. That is your identity. That is not what the world is saying about you, but that is what the Scriptures are saying. So you have to conform yourself to it. I am in the Father. The Father dwells in me. <laughs> wow. So God lives with me. Not the devil. So that shows when you see atom of fear, atom of condemnation, you remind yourself, uh -uh. there is now no condemnation in Christ. Right? Are you getting what I'm saying? You remind yourself. when the, See, I told you something when I was teaching you basic of Christianity. When the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. He doesn't have a glorious future. He, is, he has a condemned future already. He is going to be tied in chains in hell. You, you are seated already. You are, it's not that you are going to be seated. You are seated. <laughs> are you getting me? When the devil reminds you of your past, it brings back, oh, you know, yesterday you did something bad. You are not righteous. Why are you saying you are righteous? You know, as you are saying that you are righteous, why are you saying you are righteous? You remember what you did yesterday. You can't be righteous. Remind the devil quickly. Oh, you. <laughs> you are going to hell. You are going to hell. You are under my feet. Tell the devil quickly. Remind him. So it will not be a battle of who can now challenge who. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? When he brings those condemnation and guilt, remind him. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We have been free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. When he brings those shame, that guilt, 
failing. <laughs> there is no fear here. When you, are, you see yourself being timid, remember, he has not given me the spirit of fear again, but a spirit of love, a spirit of power and of a sound mind. Glory to God. When he brings those things at you, remind him what the word is saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? Remind him that redemption he lives in us. The Father dwells in us. Colossians 2 verse 9. We have his fullness. Colossians 2 verse 9. Colossians 2 verse 9. Are you, are you getting something this evening? That is what the word of God is saying. Colossians 2 verse 9. But a lot of people want to want to drill you, a man who is born again, and drill you and tell you, oh, you are condemned, you are finished, you are this, you are that. No. Colossians 2 verse 9. For in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In verse 10, it says, and ye are complete in him. Look at what it says. So, is there anything lacking in you? No, I, I don't think you get what I'm saying. Is there anything lacking in you? No. It says you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power. You are complete in him. What completes us is the fullness of God. We inhabit, we inhabit God. Do you know what it means for God to be living in you? Look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6. It says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? God did not know where to live again. He's now living in you. So God can speak to you. Instead of the devil, align negative voices. Align negative voices speak to you. The Holy Ghost can speak. Because he lives in you. You can follow his leading. You can follow his direction. John 8, verse 12. He says, He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I have the light of life. Glory to God. God lives in me. That, that, that reality should dawn on you. Now, look at it. The God that created the stars, the moon, the sun, everything is now living here. This earthy vessel. Wow. What a God we serve. That's why he says we are complete. So God is not incomplete now. But you know that you say some people are short, some people are thaw, some people are somehow physically there's no some people are brief. <laughs> I will not mention this, but they know that they are sitting this side in the front, but I will not mention it. They are brief. She, she says she, so that you'll be, be spoken. But I'm not mentioning it. They're just brief. Two one is the astation. So, but in Christ, in Christ, they are complete. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we are complete in Christ. So if somebody want to body shame you, just like I just somehow did, <laughs> just say, you are complete in Christ. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> So what completes us is the fullness of God. Hallelujah. What completes us is the fullness of God. Before now, God was inhabiting the praises of men in Psalms 22. <laughs> Psalm 22 verse 3. Psalm 22 verse 3. Look at it. He was inhabiting the praises of men. The Lord lives inside the praises. That's why you still hear people say, God is living in your praises. Have, have you heard people speak like that before? Praise him, and you see he's living there. He will supply everything. When praises go up, blessings come down. <laughs> Punch line. <laughs> so, see, I believe some people just want to rhyme. Some people are just on the pulpit to just be giving us poetic, uh, spoken words. <laughs> spoken words. Just say, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. When the things go up, <laughs> ah, 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 brother, <laughs> you should go and be a spoken word, a spoken word person, not a preacher, please. <laughs> Psalm twenty-two, verse three. <laughs> Hallelujah! Is this blessing to you? It says, "But thou, O Lord, thou inhabited the praises of Israel." 
But in Ephesians 2 verse 22, look at it. Ephesians 2 verse 22, something has happened on the resurrection. Glory to God. Oh, something has happened at the resurrection. Ephesians 2 verse 22, it says, In whom ye are built together. So, God built us for an habitation through his spirit. Ha, wow. Look at it. In whom ye are also built together. Built there together. Ye are built there together for an, in, for an habitation of God through the spirit. So we, we are not doing anything to get God's attention. So we'll tell you, pray 20 hours, you will get God's attention. We believe in prayer. You quite know that. <laughs> I mean, some people, some people don't like our first, our beginning service because we first pray long. <laughs> we believe in prayer. But, some, but that is not to get God's attention. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not to get God's attention. See? You know, if you so hope, you will go up. Mm. Ah, I'm already, I'm already getting there. <laughs> so up, you go up. The amount you sow is determined by the blessings you will receive. Ah! People will be doing like this in service. Mm, preachy pastor. <laughs> so we don't do anything to get God's attention. We always have his attention. Because he lives in us. Say, I have God's attention. Always. John 14, verse 6. Let me begin to round up now. John 14, verse 6. How are you getting? Are you, are you getting blessed? John 14, verse 6. John 14, verse 6. It says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but by me. So, way beyond rubies, is, it is a forever and sorted issue. The believer is in infernal home with God. You are in fellowship with the Father. You are at home with God always. This is way beyond rubies. This is way beyond silver and gold and all of those things. This is way beyond clegg lights, way beyond money, value, and all of those things. That's why I like that song. Something more than gold. The spirit of the Lord and the light of the man, it is something more than gold. That, that one is more than anything. God is living in you. So imagine the possibility. See, guys, think. I want you to think on that. Let's do something another 30 minutes. Say, say this. God lives in me. Now think about it. Imagine what you can do with that statement. Say it again. Think about it. I'll give you 30 seconds. Just think about it. God lives in you. Wow. So, that means impossibilities is living in me. That is how I just thought about it just now. Impossibility is living in me. That is, there is nothing that can be made possible with the ability of God with me. Wow. First Corinthians six verse twenty. First Corinthians six twenty. First Corinthians six twenty. It says, "For ye were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, which are which glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's." So, how was he paid for? I thought you this. He was paid for by the blood of Jesus. So, this house. Needs not to be expensive with a lot of people are they are trying to beautify themselves doing surgery all those things. <laughs> if only they understand that God lives in them. That is, is the spirit of God did their did matters. But maybe because they are not born again, sha. Maybe. So look at in First Peter. First Peter one verse eighteen to nineteen. First Peter one eighteen to nineteen. 1 Peter 1, 18-19. 1 Peter 1, 18-19. Did you see? Are you, are you there? It says that for as much as you know 
that you were not redeemed with corruptible things. So you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by traditions of your father, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of lamb without blemish and without spot. That is what we were bought with. Christ's blood weighed more. So this house, now when I'm saying this house now, I mean this vessel, right? This house is where Christ is seated. And it is the most valuable estate. <laughs> so when he said, I will go and prepare a place for you, why was he preparing? He's preparing here. Does that make sense? It is the most valuable place. I will go and prepare a place for you. He said that where I am, you may be also. John 14, right? Now, where did he go and prepare? He went in his death, in his burial, and his resurrection to prepare our hearts for us. So, any man who believes the gospel, God now lives in him. Glory to God. He has now made him his dwelling place. That's why I like that song. The Lord has made me a subject, not Lord preparing me. You are not prepared. You are, you are a man who is born again is no more preparing. He has been made the sanctuary of God, the house of God. So when Moses was building a temple in, 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 for 40 years in, in, the, in Exodus, he was trying to point them to a reality. That, see, guys, that's why Moses, he built it, he never used it. <laughs> he put Aaron as the sheep is. You manage it. Me, I know what I, me, I know better than you guys. He told them, he said, he was showing them a reality that God can live in a place. And that place is the man in Christ. So when he says, I will go and prepare a place for you. He prepared it via his blood, via his burial, via his resurrection. And that place is the man in Christ. And that is the most valuable place ever. Are you getting what I'm saying? That God now lives in a man. Colossians 3 verse 1. As I round up now, Colossians 3 verse 1. Colossians 3 verse 1. See, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, see things which are above, where Christ seated hath the right hand of God. We are in Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 6. Ephesians 2 verse 6. Ephesians 2 6. Ephesians 2 verse 6. It says, And he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So, we are sons. We are indwelt by this divine reality. We weigh and we weigh an heavy estimation. 1 John 4 verse 4. 1 John 4 4. 1 John 4 verse 4 says... John 4 verse 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Because what? Are you there? Because what? Greater is he that is in you. Why? Who is the greater? God lives in you. Does that make sense? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in us. We are of God. We are his presence on earth. You and I are God's presence on earth. When you came into this service this evening, you brought God's presence in. God's presence is here because you are seated. That's why when he says, when two or more people are gathered, is in their midst. Why is he in their midst? Because you came. If you did not gather, he's not there. If you are sleeping on your bed, God is there. So, say, so let me be watching service online. That is not what I said. <laughs> that's not what I said <laughs> so say, but God's presence is still here that is wrong because he commanded the fellowship of the brethren does that make sense are you getting what I'm saying <laughs> so we are his presence on it so we must actively recognize this and not be a forgetful year of the world James 1 verse 24. We must keep building God's word. 
it was still building God's so we must not be a forgetful year. Just like in James 1, verse 24, where it says, For he that buildeth himself, for he that buildeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. Don't forget what, who you are in Christ. You must keep looking and building ourselves in Christ till our actions, till our experiences, till everything aligns with God's word. Keep feeding on God's word. Keep seeing who you are in Christ. Keep telling yourself, I'm in Christ. I am saved. I am seated at the right hand of the Father. God lives in me. The greater one is in me. I am forgiven. I am righteous. I am justified. I am accepted with the beloved. You keep feeding yourself on these realities. And your experiences will be aligning to God's word. Your actions will start aligning to God's word. You find yourself that things you were struggling with, addictions, habits you were struggling with, everything, you just find that, ah, I, just, I can't do, I, I just, those things are now strange to you. Why? Because God's word is now real. So you do not get it when Romans 12 was saying, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? By the word of God. It's just like, I'll round up with this example. It's just like you go to a new place. You never know anyone. You don't know anyone. You don't, you don't know their culture. You don't know what they believe. You don't know and you just have to adapt in. You know, you have to learn what is going on there, right? You know, as first, when you first move in, you'll be behaving like a stranger. You'll be behaving like how you were behaving in your previous place before you moved down to that place. But when you see that, ah, this is not how they were behaving, or this is not how they are behaving here. You start adjusting, right? You start changing. You start adjusting to her. You start speaking like them. You start talking like them. You start, your actions will start aligning to theirs. That is exactly what it is with the kingdom. When we get born again, we have to feed on God's word so that we can drop our experiences in the flesh. We can drop our experiences in the world. We can drop our experiences in the life of sin, shame, and death. And now align to the perfect law of liberty. Align to the life of God. Align to the, to the life of God that we have received in Christ Jesus. That's why it says, now walk, in Romans 6, it says, now walk in the newness of life. So we keep these realities. And we keep building God's word. So we are sons. And that is our reality. Did that make sense to somebody? Did it bless somebody today? Are you sure about that? Share with your neighbor what you learned. Just share with somebody.